I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better and welcome to part two of this week's Clash. So on Monday, we enjoyed a serial killer's grisly greatest hits in copycat, which means today, stamps are boring, stickers are for kids, bones. Now there's a collection worth having, especially if they're human and come from your innocent victims. From 1999, Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie are on the trail of the Bone Collector. Stay back until I work the crime scene, okay? Detective Lincoln Rhyme was New York City's leading forensic cop. Until an accident disabled his body and destroyed his spirit. 9286. Now, a killer with no mercy. He needs her to go where he can't. Just tell me what to do next. We don't want to disturb any footprints he might have left. I can't do this. Yes, you can. I'm with you every step of the way. She needs him to interpret the clues. I got a bad feeling about this. Doesn't that kind of look like a face? Third piece of the puzzle. She's going to be near or in the Woolworth building. Someone's in there. She's crying. The perk could still be in there, for God's sake. I gave you so many clues, and you failed. There's a killer out there. He's laughing at us. I want this son of a bitch so bad. Some people win, some people lose. The game is over. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. I got a bad feeling about this. 
I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Can't believe that's an actual line in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we not rule that out? Is that, is yeah. that not? Is that not? We've done that. That it's is in now. movie jail. Yeah, yeah. And that's on the list with what's going on. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Ed O'Neill, man, I got a bad <laughs> feeling about this. Uh, so, how are you both? Good. Good. Yes, thank you. Excellent news. Uh, very quickly. If you haven't already subscribed to us, if you'd be kind enough to do that on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your pods, that would be amazing. And if you are able to give us a little rating and review, that would be awesome too. It's massively appreciated. And if you do give us a review, it might be read out on the show by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, which sounds a bit like this. You okay? I try and do it faster and faster each week, but I think I've reached the glass ceiling of how fast that can actually be read <laughs> as well. Mm. All right. Uh, this is my go-to podcast and definitely worth a listen. The concept is delightfully simple yet excellently executed. Alex, Vicky and Chris are all great and make for a thoroughly entertaining trio, even if the discussion sometimes gets a bit spicy. Like a curry. Like Tim Curry. And that is your obligatory Tim Curry mention. Five stars from King Zachary. Didn't listen to Three Musketeers, did you? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I told you I was going to listen to that one. And you didn't, yeah, yeah. King Zachary. Uh... <laughs> I listened to Young Guns, right. though. Okay, that's great. Just no interest in the Three Musketeers. Fine. That review featured uh, okay. in its entirety with the same joke at the end on that episode. I, f- I filled in for you. I thought I was doing you a favour by keeping the review theme going, but, mm. but I, I did that one, so... We did a poll for Three Musketeers and Young Guns. <laughs> oh, now he wants to talk about the poll. Here we go. Now he wants to talk about the poll. Yeah, what was the what was the result, Chris? Uh, young Guns battered the Musketeers. <laughs> Didn't. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Fifty five percent to forty five percent. That's a that's a big swing. That's not a big swing. <laughs> All right, let me do something else. Um, in January, we want you to pick the pairings. Uh, so send your suggestion to show at clashpod.com. Get involved with the fun. Mm. And do you want a tip as well? Go on. Uh, try and make sure they are streaming at one of the big streamers um, because we want as many people as possible to be able to play along at home. And so that's sort of how our thinking goes behind the scenes when we're trying to pick the movies. Yeah. Which is why some Stephen King movies didn't make it. Yeah, we got a didn't lot of messages. We got a lot of messages going, Maximum Overdrive, why didn't you do Maximum Overdrive? Because it's not available. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not available. We would have loved to have talked about Fire, Maximum Overdrive. Fire Starter was the same. Mm, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, so one of the big streamers, uh, so Robot Jocks is still off the table. It is not available. So <laughs> I know. I know it's heartbreaking. I want it too. I want you to suggest it, but you cannot suggest Robot Jocks versus Rocky IV because Robot Jocks is not available. Uh, right then, my choices this week, copycat versus the bone collector. Why? Because I want to. Because I want to. That's my answer. I know there's been a few raised eyebrows from one of you about this pairing, but screw it. You know, sometimes I just like to do something bad. (laughs) 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 I'm going to have to be careful because it is turning into a thing where my weeks Mm. are the weeks where people go, hmm, really? Okay. Sure. Anyway, on Monday, Vicky was a duplicate dog. No, sorry, a copycat. It was a long week, which means today Chris is getting steamy, at least for a moment, in the bone collector. Chris takes a woman gets steamed. Oh, sorry. There you go. There you go. Chris takes on a journey. Marcus Andrews was a forensics expert who, thanks to an article written by a man improbably called Lincoln Rhyme, was imprisoned (laughs) for planting evidence. While in jail, 
he became a human toilet. When freed, Andrews decides to punish the now quadriplegic rhyme because suicidal folk paralysed from the neck down deserve everything that's coming to them. <laughs> so to prove he isn't a bad guy, he kills a bunch of people by recreating deathly illustrations from an old crime novel. Which is weird, but fine. However, he also inexplicably trains as a medical technician <laughs> and gets a gig looking after the equipment, keeping Rhyme alive. A pointless exercise that only serves to give this truly dumb thriller an unearned third act twist. <laughs> so, I watched this at uni with my best mate Stu. And we both thought it was terrible. Hello, Stu. <laughs> Hi, Stu. Hi, Smudger. Um, <laughs> Does any, do any of your friends not have nicknames? No, that's like a dog. <laughs> Sorry, Stu. You're not a dog. No. Um, and I texted him actually to say what 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 could he remember? He remembers the ending being the worst bit. I remember us both <laughs> shouting at the telly earlier on, and I'll mention that moment um, when we're going through the film. But um, yeah, I just I have this very I have such a such a specific memory of sitting there with him, getting more and more annoyed with this movie, mm. Alex. When did you first see it? Yeah, around 2000-ish. I watched this. Uh, I Actually, weirdly, I'd read the book. This is one of the few movies where what? I've read the <laughs> book. I'm genuinely shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I haven't read a lot of books. I've somehow read The Bone Collector. Madness. So I'd read the book and I thought the book was really good. And mm. so I was quite excited to see this. And obviously, you know, you've got Philip Noyce directing, Jolie, Washington. You're like, there's some talent involved. This could be good. And I remember sort of being like, this isn't good. But I, I don't, I sort of wanted to revisit it and go, why? Because now when analysing movies on this show, I'm interested to find out why it's not good because I just remember going, that wasn't very good. Although I did get a great stand-up joke out of it, didn't I, Victoria? Yeah, throw over to me because I've seen this <laughs> once, but when I was at university, I knew um, a stand-up and he he wasn't up too much. He went on to have a career, which is just absolute madness. Well, rude. And he had... not, not in comedy, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to see, as his friends I went to support him in his early work mm. which meant that I've spent <laughs> about six months of my life in various dive bars in and around the South East London area yep. listening to this dude <laughs> go I had a briefcase oh yeah that's pretty funny and the bone collector he collects bones and obviously I will laugh at anything but it's the law of diminishing returns so at first oh. and I remember you testing it out on me you were like is this anything is this a bit and we were like what? we don't think it is yeah. so the joke is you just repeating the tagline and my, my joke was yeah. it was about the worst taglines in, right. in movie history and mm -hmm. the bone collector being there's a murderer on the streets he's stalking in the innocent he collects bones the bone collector yeah it actually was quite a strong bit Mm. in and around 2000. <laughs> I won't lie, doing it in my Edinburgh show in 2010, <laughs> smacked of laziness. <laughs> it smacked of also possibly dropping the Jurassic Park material. <laughs> <laughs> no, evergreen, evergreen, mate. Yeah, so it weirdly has a special place in my heart because of that. So whenever it says The Bone Collector, I hear you do that. Yep. It takes me back to those days in a nice way. The film is... Is something else. <laughs> it's fascinating, this movie. Yeah. Well, let's figure out how it happened. Um, the book by Jeffrey Deaver. Has anyone read it here? No, I have actually. <laughs> Great book. Yeah. It yeah. hit shells in 97. So, Alex, did you did you hear about the movie and were inspired to buy the book? Because that's how I often find books. No, I was uh, on holiday and it was one of those books that was lying in the hotel foyer for free where people quite nicely, uh, graciously give over their the books that they've their holiday read. So I picked it up because I didn't have a book with me and started reading it on holiday in um, the late 90s. And um, that's how I read it. And I remember the taxi scene in the book being like, this is terrifying. Um, weirdly, that is the most terrifying scene in the movie. True. 
Interesting. So uh, a script written by Jeremy Iconi uh, went around Hollywood and uh, a producer asked Philip Noyce, the aforementioned Mr. Noyce, uh, to read the script. Uh, this is Philip Noyce. Uh, which Philip Noyce are we getting here? The one who made Dead Calm, The Quiet American in Clear and Present Danger or the one who made Sliver and the Saints? <laughs> <laughs> There's two Philip Noyces in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he it, wanted to... it looks good though. The it does. movie it does, does look good. Oh, I have a point about that. Should we, should we get to that now? Go on. Um, did you think this film was weirdly dark? Because I watched it on streaming and then I watched the DVD that I uh, bought because I wanted to hear the commentary. And both times I thought it was too dark. Um, I mean, it's kind of meant to be dark, isn't it? I guess the bit where Angelina Jolie is investigating the woman who's been steamed uh, is quite dark, but I don't remember it being overly dark. Well, I just wondered if there was an issue with the film, which I don't normally do this. I actually tried to Google this and I found a quote from Philip Noyce saying, we had a big problem when we went to make prints on The Bone Collector. My sister was in Toronto checking the prints and I got sent a note saying how some of the footage was too dark. We had this sequence that was set in a series of tunnels with Angelina crawling around down there and you couldn't tell what was going on. So I had them alter the grading to make it lighter. But when I saw it, the footage looked like someone had used floodlights to light the scene. <laughs> so on opening day, I was running around trying to talk to theatre owners on the east coast to adjust the bulbs in the theater to compensate for my mistake oh my god so i don't know what happened but both versions i watched were too dark and i'm not just talking about the scenes underground which i think are supposed to be dark but like yeah. above ground in the day in new york i was thinking what the hell's going on there based on running around theaters on the east coast trying to get the bulbs lowered <laughs> i'm thinking we got the saint and sliver philip noise <laughs> this movie <laughs> So he knew he wanted to make the movie immediately. Uh, he said the, the serial killer aspect was not appealing. It was the story of Lincoln. He liked the idea of a cop who had lost the will to live and through his relationship with another cop, find spiritual strength and it's like a resurrection. Mm. Uh, in terms of casting, Denzel was always attached. He wanted Denzel. He got Denzel. Uh, regarding Angelina Jolie, I found a quote from Philip Noyce. Um, he said, when I saw her in Gia, I thought... This is some spice that I've never tasted before. Oh, and it's hot. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's pretty much uh, awful. <laughs> yeah. This was uh, this was sort of just on the cusp before she became a really big thing. Obviously, she's done Hackers, which is huge. Of course. Obviously. Uh, but she'd just done Pushing Tin, where she'd met Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then she'd go on to win the Oscar the following year for Girl Interrupted. Or the same year, I think it was. Girl Interrupted came out the same year as mm. this. And then she'd go on to be huge. Gone in 60 seconds, Tomb Raider, all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, do you know much about, and I don't have any information on this, so isn't this isn't me leading on to what I found out. I understand, because one of my biggest problems with this, and I'll happily say it now, is this is an appalling script. This may be one of the worst scripts we've ever covered on the show. Oh, that is a that's I know a it's a big statement. Competition we there. did we did the bodyguard just last week. Right, but hey, this hey. this is it can only cuz it looks cool, the performances aren't bad, and then you whittle it down and go, "Well, what is wrong with this?" And it is it's the script. Yeah. It makes no sense yeah, and it I fluffs agree. every moment that it should be good. Who is Jeremy Langham? Like, I looked him up. He'd made one movie before this called, um, written one movie, or maybe two, but the most recent one was called One Tough Cop. And I was like, oh, maybe it was some sort of indie hit. It starred Stephen Baldwin and Chris Penn. It made $1 million and had 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. So okay. that was the only thing I could find out about him. And I'm just like, you know, with that cast involved, based on a successful book, I don't understand how he got the gig. Well, this is the last feature film that he wrote. Mm. So I think... Everybody that tells you all you need shot, to know. Yeah. Sure, sure. But that's sort of, that's the afterwards. I just, it fascinates me. And, you know, mm. I, I'm not saying, you know, well, he shouldn't have got it. I'm just fascinated how he got it. How you come from like having 
no CV to speak of to then, you know, writing a script for Denzel Washington, Angelina Jolie. A really brilliant agent. Mm, clearly. Should we talk about what he did wrong by going through the movie? Yeah. yeah. So we open with some clues over moody, grainy opening credits. Mm. And on I'd the- like to be seven, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Shall I jump to the seven quote? <laughs> really? There is one. Uh, Philip Noyce. All of the studios were chasing the success of Seven, which, of course, was a brilliant picture and could never be duplicated. With The Bone Collector, I was very much felt myself becoming a Hollywood hack, working within a genre following in the shadow of Fincher, who had set the benchmark. You begin to doubt yourself a bit. And he does reference. I mean, he his commentary is very honest. I like it a lot. I'm, I'm going to bring up some things he says that he thinks he got wrong in this film. Um, but yeah, he's very honest about the fact that they were chasing Seven. And Yeah, of course. I mean, it's basically, it's the grisly inspiration for the killer, moodily shot over the tiles. Seven. So, so Noyce says his sixth grade teacher told him essay should start with a sentence that sets things up story and theme wise. And that's what he does with all of his films, he said, or, or the majority of his films have something like this in the opening credits. So here the headline is a clue that suggests the identity of the killer and we learn about Lincoln Rhyme the cop he's, he's an author of textbooks and manuals and there's evidence planted in six murder cases um, but he said a massive problem he had was that this film scored through the roof at its first preview of test screenings really yes and so because of that the studio didn't give him additional funds that he wanted because they said it's fine as it is he wanted to shoot a scene where the circumstances around the accident that lead to the testimony that put the villain in prison, you would glimpse the villain uh, in a beard and long hair in prison. And so we would get to see him like you do in Copycat. Right. We would have glimpsed right. the killer early on here and we would have had an idea of who he was. Uh, but the studio said that because the film is so good, we aren't giving that extra money, we don't need to do it. And so he thought that the, the, the a, a positive test screening harmed his movie there. Interesting. I remember watching the titles come up and going, what a freaking cast yeah. this movie has. Apart from Washington and Jolie, you got Louis Guzman in there, Bobby Cannavale, Ed O'Neill, Michael Rooker, Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. So every sporting role is like, oh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Not all given a lot to do. Um, and we also see uh, Lincoln Rhyme heading into a tunnel, finding a dead guy, and then a beam lands on him, effectively cutting him half by all accounts. First big difference with the book. Um, I will mention this. Yeah, great. Because it comes in very prominently at the end, but, and it's sort of like half asses it. It kind of alludes to it, because why is Michael Rooker there at the start mm. next to him? And it's because in the book, the responsibility for Denzel's accident is Michael Rooker's character's fault. Right. He is responsible for sending him in there unnecessarily yeah. as his partner. He was like, yeah, go in. And they didn't need the evidence. They'd already got the evidence they Ooh, needed. So it's his spicy. fault. Mm. That's spicy. Yeah. Like, like, like nice. yeah. <laughs> There's some spice I haven't tasted before. Gross. <laughs> so I'm going to split the film up into four quarters via the four attempted murders. So murder one. It's four years later. And what I'm calling Cheeky Taxi uh, picks up <laughs> picks up a couple from the airport, takes them hostage, and then we cut from the killer who's in the front of that cab to the killer in Lincoln's apartment, but you don't know it at the time. It's a nice little... Oh, mm, I see. Mm, Very we good. go straight to, to seeing who our villain is. Uh, Lincoln's paralysed. He describes himself as having one finger, two shoulders and a brain. And it kind of... The, the movie kind of becomes like a bit like Rear Window. I think you said... You said rear window earlier, but yeah, that was woman the, in the window. Woman in the window, yeah. I think this is like computer window, but that would have been a crap title. <laughs> um, we learn that Lincoln wants to die. He wants to be assisted in, in, in his death. Um, and then we also meet patrol cop Amelia, 
who is sleeping with Bobby Cannavale, whose therapist reckons he isn't getting what he needs from the relationships because she can't commit. A subplot that goes nowhere because he's gone. From yeah. The film. <laughs> yeah. He's gone. He appears to only be there. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I read this as when someone comes out of the shower and then you see, you don't see who's putting on the cop boots. Mm. And I think the movie is basically going, oh, Bobby Cannavale is the cop, obviously. Yeah. And then it reveals it's Angelina and most of go, was it, it's asking us to go, yes. a woman cop. Yes, it is. Because it's asking you to think, wow, look how reverse it. Because he's like, my feelings, my feelings. She's like, I don't have any feelings. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's meant to make you go, you're just like a man. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do see the killer at this point, like you say, in mm -hmm. Denzel's apartment, apartment in Lincoln's apartment. And um, he's a medical technician yeah. who then disappears. And then his doctor <laughs> turns up who he's like, I want to, uh, I want assisted suicide, please. I don't want to live like this. Uh, <laughs> unsurprisingly and bewilderingly why they didn't do this in the book, the doctor is the killer. It is one character. Right, I see. It is not a medical technician. Yeah. So the doctor who is going to help him commit suicide is the guy who is also the killer. Right. So it's when he finds out that Lincoln Rhyme is planning on killing himself. Getting the jump on him. He gives him a reason to live by committing these crimes because he wants to be the one to kill Lincoln. I see. And so this whole premise <laughs> of these copycat murders is to make Lincoln have another spark of life. Okay. And so he can be the one to off so, him. So was he a doctor before he went to prison then, that character? Because obviously he's a forensics guy in this film. Yes, he was a doctor. So in the book, yeah. he's a doctor who Lincoln is investigating a crime right. scene and doesn't do a very good job. And the killer is hiding under a bed and Lincoln goes, the crime scene's clear, walks out, the killer emerges, engages in a firefight with the police and the doctor's family are killed in the crossfire. Oh. And so that's why he's on this mission of revenge to make Lincoln pay for not investigating the crime scene properly. Nice. Okay. Interesting. Better. 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 Um, much better. <laughs> and weirdly, really easy to do in this yeah. film. Instead of like a uh, massive info dump at the end. So convoluted. Um, so Amelia finds a bloke buried under some rocks with his wife's wedding band on his skinned finger. She stops a train to preserve the evidence, takes photos of the crime scene, mm. and they need Lincoln's help. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? Because she's like, no fucking messing about. She's like, body, done. Train's going to fuck up this scene. Done. Stop the train. Really proactive. No. no nonsense. And then in the next scene, massive 180. I can't do it. No, I can't do it. I didn't get her character because it's like, do you want it or do you not want it? And it's all right to change your mind. But the first thing she does actually when she's on that crime scene, I think is she moves the rocks. Idiot. Don't touch anything. And then she's like, oh, shit. Mm. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. So when she moved the rocks, I was like, oh, she's a rookie. She doesn't know what she's doing. And then she's like, I was standing in front of a train. I do know what I'm doing. And then she doesn't want it. It's really hard to But she finds it. the body and doesn't flinch. She's not like, she looks at it like uh, in a very sort of mechanical kind of like, right, protect the crime scene. Yeah. I think it's what we're meant to take it from that. It takes ages to call it in as well, though. Ages. I got the vibe that she was a doer and she wasn't going to mess about. And then suddenly in the next sequence because we need some conflict with Lincoln she then does an about face and yeah. it's all like I can't do that Couldn't I, don't, possibly. I don't want to go down there <laughs> the idea is that when Lincoln sees the photos that she's taken they are the photos that he would have taken yes. there's some connection going on with Amelia so uh, based on the clues at this staged crime scene um, they figure out there's another victim alive that's my favourite bit when he says he's like he's the expert and he's like guys this crime scene 
was staged. Hmm. And it's like, no shit, because it didn't get left out by accident, did it? Uh, and the other victim's going to be killed at 4pm, so we've got our ticking clock. Also, question, mm. how does the computer know when he's talking to it? Because we, in 2021, that's right, isn't it? Yep. 2021, we have to say, Alexa, Siri, he just goes, A3 for the chess, and the computer goes, yeah, no problem, I'll do that. And then he's like, bring up the thing. How does the computer know? Yeah. Vodka, I want some vodka. No, not you, computer. <laughs> Queen Latifah. <laughs> Hasn't he got a special computer? He's got the most advanced computer yeah. of any time. Because I don't think room. that's true. Yeah, we it, don't it, have that. It's better than Alexa. It's better than Alexa. Yeah. Computer. What happened to that tech? Who knows? I will say I do enjoy. There's uh, there's an idea here which is quite exciting. That unfortunately the movie then parks uh, to one side, uh, never to visit again. Which is all of them in his apartment throwing ideas around and puzzle solving together. When mm. Louis Guzman's involved, well, we learned that Thelma felt Thelma's good at puzzles because she does jigsaws. Man, she mm-hmm. does jigsaw. She can solve puzzles, mm-hmm. and and it's just really good. It's really sparky. There's a brief moment where you're like, "This is quite exciting." All yeah. of them solving the puzzle together in yeah. his apartment, and then that never happens again. So he wants Amelia to be his brains and eyes. And Noyce says he sees the story as Pygmalion, with with Denzel being Henry Higgins and Angelina being Eliza Doolittle. Um, he says he recognizes her talent. He encourages her. He drives her to achieve things she wouldn't, she wasn't capable of. She didn't think she was capable of. But as you say, she doesn't want the assignment, the refusal of the call. Yeah. It doesn't last long. No. It lasts about 30 seconds. Really back and forth as well. They have the same beat twice. Yes. She's, in yeah. the, she's in the sewers going, no, no, no. And then she goes to his apartment. She's like, no, no, okay. <laughs> uh, so as Alex said, they turn his apartment into a situation room because it is such a lovely big apartment. Mm. Gorgeous. Very nice. Um, With birds of prey. Yeah. Just the symbolism. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the symbolism there? That the bird is free right. <laughs> to go where it wants. Uh, okay. And he isn't. Okay. Are you being serious? I couldn't. I was either that or eating carrion. Uh, so I wasn't <laughs> sure. It, Lincoln's this quite ridiculous character. This I, I can remember laughing at him quite a lot because we we just get told lots of things about him. He's a human dynamo. He collected things like dirt and metals and plastics <laughs> and hubcaps so that he could have a human database. And then we sort of see what he sees, and I find those I find those sequences quite cringeworthy he was born brilliant you just keep getting told about this bloke (laughs) and he seems like a bit of a prat to me to be honest but um anyway his his brain's moving a hundred miles an hour there's crushed oyster shells there's a steam junction he figures all this out sends amelia in but uh the steam has already been let off and so our victim is dead Mm. yes it's good isn't it though I like this bit. I feel it's dragged out a little too long. Um, I feel this should be earlier in the script, this sort of race to save her. But when the manhole covers blow off, I was like, oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I thought that. And but also, just I'm reading too much into it from true crime. But because when the killer kidnaps the the wife, I've forgotten her name, and puts her in the mm. the uh, basement with the steam the steam pipe, the steam pipe changes her to a steam pipe. He's wearing a mask. Yeah. And if you like true crime, you'll know, oh, he's not going to hurt her because you don't keep your mask on. If you take your mask off, you're in trouble. If you keep your mask on, you might be leaving. I think they maybe should have spent a little less on Denzel's high-tech computer yeah. and just put a fucking camera on Angelina's helmet. It's 
1999. Yeah. We could this, easily do that. that. We could in... just link it to his yeah, computer would... and also, he can just see everything. He's just talking to a radio as well. Like, what line has he got? He's like, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? That's the bit that I was shouting at. Right. Every time she got sent into a crime scene yeah. of a bad murder by herself as the most intensive training programme anyone's ever been on, when there is a literal forensics team, presumably, somewhere in the city, and he's like, no, they'll mess it up. It's like, what all of them... Well, all <laughs> All of them mess it up. Whose Why? job it is. Yeah. Um, well, no, then we wouldn't get what Noyce describes as this very sexual idea of, of Lincoln walking inside her body and her seeing and smelling for him. Um, it's a rebirth of Lincoln, not only in her brain, but also now in her body. But I think he really becomes Captain Obvious because he tells her how to walk. He tells her how to open a suitcase. He tells her how to take photos. Mm. Piss off, mate. I'm not an idiot. And it also means I cut, love Denzel. Yeah, cut scream. Her hands off. Cut her hands off. Cut her hands off. We need the cuffs. Cut her hands off. Cut her hands off. Just cut her hands off. Is it that big a deal? She's been in a room full of steam as well, so there wouldn't be any prints on the cuffs, would they? They've been boiled off. He wants to see what kind of cuffs they are to see oh. if they're historic and there's some lint oh, there. He needs everything. He collects hubcaps. Even to, even tells her that crime scenes are three-dimensional. So they have floors, walls and ceilings. Yeah, I know how rooms work. Yeah, and also the forensics team know this. Send them in. <laughs> so she runs off in tears because she doesn't want to cut off a woman's hand. Yeah, if, he, if he wants those hands cut off, he can come down here and do it himself. I thought, is it, is it meant to be making... Uh, Philip Noyce says it's sexual and presumably semi-consensual, you'd hope, but I thought it, Lincoln as a bad guy because he's forcing a girl, a young woman, to do something she's quite clear she doesn't want to do and it's to advance her career and so she's got that tension there. And then he's, he's shouting at a girl, just cut her fucking hands off, <laughs> you pervert. Like, I just thought, you dirty old boy. What, for, for real? Cut hands off. A hundred percent, that's what I thought. He's getting off on it. It, it. it comes up later in my okay, change. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm it's interested. A film. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Denzel Washington. Though. I know. He plays really good characters, yeah. like good people, moral cause. I knew he couldn't have a crafty wank, but I really thought he was like, just cut her hands off, and then Thelma could just leave the room for two seconds. Computer. <laughs> okay, I'll cut her hands off. Do you want the cuffs? No, oh. the hands. <laughs> Bring me the hands. I want to have a crafty wank with them. Yeah. All right. Enough talk of crafty wanks. Let's take a break. Sorry. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back with Murder 2. Uh, Cheeky Taxi picks up a bloke from a club. Oh, I love that club. I thought you might freak out because someone's got their feet out. I was like, that looks like a great place. No, it's a bullshit club. And I don't care how good the shot looks. No one ever plays pool while someone is sitting on the fucking pool table. Know, it's debauched. It's just like, what is that meant to tell me about this club? What? Anything goes. Because the guy's like trying to take a shot and she's sitting on the table. I'm like, <laughs> Philip right. Noyce, it might look cool. You might be like, yeah, it's a really bohemian bar. Tonight, like, piss we, off. you and I are going to play pool against each other while Vicky's on the table. <laughs> I'm <laughs> taking ma- my shoes off. It'll make a right? change from us playing pool while Vicky's on the floor. So, <laughs> uh, Lincoln starts speaking in non sequiturs about nitrogen, rats, dead cows, stockyards, turn of the century slaughterhouses. Oh. Oh my God, when he goes, yeah, we need stockyards and slaughterhouses from the turn of the century. And Ed O'Neill goes, all right, check the internet. (laughs) He also tells us regarding books, I've read thousands, written a dozen. (laughs) When he said I've read thousands of books, that was when I lost my shit. Right. Nobody speaks like that. That's true. <laughs> I've read thousands. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, this whole thing, though, where like he's running through these different dates. He's like, there are three options, 1898, 1902, 1908. Yeah. And then he goes, 1898. Go to 1898. Go to the stockhouse yeah. from 1898. And you're like, how? Based Why? Based on what? Yeah. Exactly. He, it, like, you, are, you are led to believe that it's going to be the wrong stockhouse because he's one step behind the killer at this point. Sure. And yet it just turns out to be the right one. He picks it out of thin air. Yeah. This uh, next is a scene that Noyce thinks he might have gone too far with, uh, which is when the rat jumps in the bloke's face. His, no. his legs have been cut to attract more rats and get eaten. Good. No, uh, Noyce thought that was way too violent. I like CGI it. rat. Yeah. The CGI rat that leaps towards his face is great. And the hooded killer um, sort of playing with his victim, um, that's Michael Rooker there in the costume uh, with the mask on and that's him improvising all the all the stuff he's doing to the guy. Mm-hmm. I've got a problem with that but we'll get to it later. Why is that Michael Rooker? They run out of staff. To throw us off. To throw us off the scent. Right. So he cast Michael Rooker because he's with Henry in the portrait, Henry, portrait of a serial killer yeah. and another film I won't say because it's a spoiler. So he brings this baggage with him so you might think he's the killer and then Rooker said to Noyce, I'll come in extra days unpaid to play the killer in some scenes to throw the audience off the scent, um, which is something that I think is a really terrible idea. Yeah, because doesn't he have different colour eyes to the killer? Uh, the four different actors plays the, play the killer. Okay. Um, and, and the actor whose eyes you see there does have completely different colour eyes to both act- of the actors that we see. Right. I, I just don't know why you would do all those things no. because it's actually, it's actually completely unfair on the audience. If you're trying to play along yeah. and they're not playing the game, it's, 
It's, I think it's bad filmmaking. Yeah. Um, Lincoln starts sweating and crying. We got some powerful acting from Denzel. Um, apparently, Noyce says, I then asked him if he could do another take. He said, I've got nothing more. Too right, Noisy. You get that from Denzel. <laughs> you move on, don't you? He's amazing in that scene. You got one more, Denzel. Fuck <laughs> off. Um, she gets sent on another mission. Um, Is it to the bookshop? No, not yet. No, okay. she's into. The, she goes into the slaughterhouse, even though she freaked the fuck out last time. So he's like, no, what? let's have one more go. And also, don't worry if you fuck up, because, oh, no, there's a serial killer on this. You know, he's actually quite important. Maybe we should send a trained forensics expert. <laughs> uh, Rooker's, Cheney and the police, they find this clear friction point. They, they've got a fingerprint. They find their man, but it's obvious it's too easy. It's a scene from Seven. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they rush around. The bloke's dead. His finger's missing. They burst on the wrong guy. Again, Noyce says he messed up here. He, he did. W- he says what he should have done. Um this would be his change if he was playing our game, uh, is he says that this person should still be alive and panic and do something to make Rooker's character kill him, thereby increasing our suspicions on Rooker. I like that. a really good idea. But I think mm-hmm. what he should have done, if you're going to rule of three it with the murders, you do. So the missus, <clears throat> you didn't save her. The, the, the man in the bar, you nearly save. The drowning uh, family, you do save. That's how you rule of three that. You don't do nearly saved, dead, did save, stupid. Everybody knows that. Good point. Thank you. Agreed. Lots of the film now seems to be Lincoln shouting Zoom at a screen. Mm. And then (laughs) then we got that scene where Amelia's touching him. Oh, yeah, without his consent. Mm. Oh, he's asleep, isn't he? Yeah. He's pretending to be asleep, the tease. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She calls him out on it. (laughs) You don't give me that look very often. (laughs) (laughs) Is he a tease? Is he a tease? No. Okay. You're on. You know, you know what you've done wrong. Uh, murder three. Cheeky taxi picks up an old bloke and a kid. Uh, the taxi inspector stops him because uh, his meter isn't on and gets shot. Yeah. Quite nice. Quite shocking. Yes. Bit of a surprise. Like that. Yeah. Uh, there's three pieces of paper we have now. And there's Thelma, Queen of Puzzles, helps out. She spots a face, a woman's face. It's an old turn of the century publisher's logo. It's a goth from a gothic story, from a crime story. We go to the bookstore where Philip Noyce is reading a book. Yeah, that's him there. His Alfred Hitchcock moment. <laughs> I've got another one in me. We'll do that again. <laughs> I could do this all day, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the book she's looking for literally falls on her. I mean, yeah, it, am I right in thinking she finds the novelization of the Bone Collector? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's literally got the plot of the movie in the book, and she's yes. like, "I'll just, I'll just flick ahead. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> how it ends. I'll find out what happens. Do we end up together? That's weird. Whoa. Okay, so I need to go here and act better. <laughs> yeah, get a nice dress for Christmas. I will do. Uh, but she finds these illustrations of the murders in the book. He's copying the kills in the book. Uh, and there's a boat refueling station at Staten Island uh, that they need to get to to save the old man and the kid. She races there, finds them tied to the side of the harbour. She jumps in and helps. Um, so, old man dies, dies and girl we, resuscitates. But we don't really see or even speak. It just means nothing. It means do nothing. you not think, and I think Angelina Jolie is a fantastic actress, this might be one of the worst moments in her career when she's watching them resuscitating the girl, speaking mm. into the radio to Denzel, mm. and she's going, she, she, she's breathing. I think she's going to be okay. And you're like, <laughs> we don't really care. Like At this point, we don't care. And it's like, when did you become so maternal? And yeah. what is this about? What is this attribute? She's breathing. Can you hear me, Lincoln? She's breathing. I think she's going to make it. You're like, this is so painful to watch. 
so painful. And we're into the home straight because it's murder four. And there's more clues. There's an old subway map. There's some bone. There's some metal with police letters engraved. Rooker playing Cheney yet again having a go at her for doing good police work. Yeah. She spends the whole film being shouted at for doing good police work. Um, she legs it to go find an abandoned station and realises it's Lincoln's badge number on the wall there. What, what is this bit as well? That's so, the worst bit of acting because you've got to talk to yourself and that's never good. And she's like, I know this number. I know this number. But in Act 3, we're told suddenly she's very maternal has this massive attachment to a kid mm. and then wow she has remembered every number in New York City and she has a photographic memory yeah. and she just closes her eyes and she sees every number forever it's like that's new yeah. <laughs> and no one ever mentioned that skill before. and you can't have two characters with a photogenic memory like that we've already got Lincoln doing that so I don't it's just bad writing to have two of them so um she realises Lincoln's going to get killed. And so Cheney's racing around there because we think Cheney's the killer. Yeah. But then Cheney and Thelma get killed. In the shooting script, they re- they, they reveal the killer before he enters the room. Does but- Thelma die as well? Mm. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to have some thoughts on that <laughs> when we it's get to the final because scene. Because earlier, when she's talking about Lincoln's final transition and he's like I know you're not into this and she's like look whatever but not on my shift but her shift never ends because she never goes home <laughs> oh she's God. just there all the time you're right I thought she must come back I th- it's weird that Rooker and her get oh yeah I'm, I'm, I've got more to say about that oh. but that's right at the end so uh, so they made that decision to eke out some more of the tension and so uh, Richard is revealed to be the killer actually in the room he's washing his hands and then Lincoln clocks some stuff on his shoes and that's it he's he's the guy uh, so that's when this dump happens so yeah. uh, Marcus Andrews was a forensics cop who was suspected of tampering with evidence six innocent people went to jail uh, because of him he believes he didn't do anything wrong but uh, Lincoln's report destroyed his life he spent six years in prison he was brutalised every day that's where he became a human toilet and then two more years trying to get to Lincoln yeah, and the the idea behind this plot is to test him, to give him every clue, and to prove that he could win their game of chess. But doesn't Lincoln at one point in this conversation go? But that that report wasn't a legal document, so yeah. it's not really my fault. Sorry, yeah. What a weird comeback! It wasn't a legal document, though. It destroyed my career, though. Well, yeah, but not it wasn't legal. So <laughs> admin error. He's so upset, at Richard. Mm. Is was he innocent? I've no idea. Why would he be this upset if he was guilty? I, I, so if he's innocent, Lincoln is the one in the wrong. <laughs> I don't know because the doctor should be the killer yes. and Lincoln got his family killed. Because I don't think this has been clearly clear enough thought through. No. And also, Leyland Dorser is obviously the killer from the start because it's Leyland Dorser. <laughs> yeah, is it though? Is it? I mean, about half an hour in, I thought it's him. But then I just thought, well, I have seen this before. So that's why I've, I know it's him. It's not. I it's, think it's him. I, it's, like, um, it's like what V said on the... Copycat episode where mm. it's the guy who looks like a Hollywood star in the police station <laughs> that you're like, yeah. oh, he's going to say you. something. Oh, wait, he's not. Oh, he's the killer. In but this, you're like, Leyland Dorser is a, is a recognisable enough face to sort of go, oh, and yet, oh, he's sort of in and out. Like, he's in it just enough for you to go to be, to think that, oh, of course it's him at the end. Like, you've got become clever. Like, and, and the movie's like gone, see, we gave you just enough and mm. you worked it out. Okay. I'm not convinced, but. No? Um, we'll Let agree. me try harder. <laughs> no, so, uh, <laughs> and so now we've got uh, a crappy fight. So Lincoln uh, traps. Uh, no! 
Not a crappy fight. This is actually where, okay. with the tools that he has at his disposal, ripping a chunk out of the guy's neck and trapping his fingers in his bed. I remember, like, in the book, it reads really well. It's very graphic. And you're like, I think it's good. I think you, you sort of, because you are like, well, how can he defend himself? You're sort of looking at him going, this is... This is awful. It meant, like it's a real fear to, you know, be unable to defend yourself and have someone coming towards you like that. And the fact that he has, you know, believable tools at his disposal, the bit where he sort of murmurs quietly to lure him in and then yeah. goes, <laughs> great. Yeah. I just couldn't understand how Richard could make these mistakes here at the final hurdle mm, when he's, he's so pulled clever. off. He has outsmarted him on all the other murders because, you know, they didn't get to any of them at time apart from the little well, It's because they weren't in the book. There weren't in the book that he was reading. <laughs> there was no Lincoln Rhyme death in the book, so he fucked it up. The only one that he had to do himself is like, oh, we've got no text on this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so as Alex said, we've got the fingers trapped in the bed, we've got oh. the bite, and then Marcus... Sort of a degloving. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Marcus raises... Uh... No, Marcus? Who's <laughs> Marcus? Oh, yeah, he's Marcus, isn't he? Richard slash Marcus raises his knife to finally kill uh, Lincoln, and Amelia shoots him. I think it should be Lincoln who kills him. Yeah. I think biting out, I think it is in the book, actually. I don't, I'm pretty sure in the book, Lincoln basically rips out his aorta from his neck. Cool. And uh, is it the aorta? The aortic artery. Don't the know. big artery in your neck. He Jugular? basically, maybe it's the jug, probably the jug. Anyway, he, he rips that out. One year he, of medical yeah. training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually, it was one of the things we covered. <laughs> Yeah, the major arteries. <laughs> yeah. I would fucking hope so. <laughs> the neck. That's because you were focused on your bone collector joke too much. Fucking nailed it, though. <laughs> Look where you are now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Who's got the last laugh, UCL? <laughs> yeah, science. Fuck off. <laughs> I still practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're giving you an honorary <laughs> doctor's award. You can't stop me. You have to catch me first. <laughs> Dr. Giggles. Never perform surgery in the same alley. That's my rule. <laughs> You're Patch Adams, aren't you? You tell jokes about briefcases to make the sick kids feel okay. Yeah, and then I perform my surgeries. Uh, we then cut to a Christmas party that feels pretty disrespectful to Thelma here. Oh, because oh yeah, there's no one ever mentions her again. That's why I didn't realise <laughs> yeah. she died. Yeah, she died. that is awful. They did apparently shoot a version of the ending where she survived. <laughs> right. And then they decide, no, Fuck it's it. better if she's dead. And it's mm. like, this is so disrespectful to that character. Yes. Mm. Mario Van Peebles in Jaws 4. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so Lincoln is now out of bed and in a wheelchair. Um, why was he not in a wheelchair before? That's what I didn't yeah, understand. Good point. I thought that, I think the film did, I'm not, I suppose it's because it's the book, did a good job of not giving you a really cheesy bit where they're like, and because you didn't do your final transition, oh, look, a new piece of tech has become available, yeah. which gives you not like yes. complete, like regaining your limbs, but your your quality of life is miraculously a little bit better now because you didn't do it. And I think the wheelchair, the use of the motorized wheelchair is to make you feel like, oh, his life is probably a little bit better than it was when he was completely in the bed, but nothing has happened. So why is he never in the wheelchair before? I just assume that that's why it's fine that uh, Queen Latifah's character dies because the wheelchair had always been in the cupboard and she just never got it out. It's oh, a bit of hassle. Yeah. And he was like, what the fuck has this been? Yeah, the I whole know we time. had this. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it is almost alluded to at the start, though, isn't it? Yeah, the, the doctor, doctor does it, yeah. say there's new there's new things on the horizon. Yeah. This, this the, the things. So it, you sort of ah, uh, so no. So he didn't want to get in the chair. I think is what oh, we're led to believe yeah, okay. because he just wanted to die. He was just preparing to die, okay. I guess, throughout this film. But now he has the will to live. Mm. That's what Amelia's helped him out with. She's also got in touch with his family. It's just all this unearned, and it's just this bizarre happy ending to put a bow on the end of the film, which just it feels so out of place. And I guess that's what particularly annoyed. Uh, smudger because um, then it segues into Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush singing Don't Give Up oh, yeah. which Philip Noyce calls on the commentary the perfect ending to no, this story <laughs> is it is it is it meant to is there meant to be a slight air of romance in the They're way that, oh they are together then 100%. The, way she, the way she holds his hand she holds his hand she's got a nice dress on she's contacted his family I think they've crossed over I don't think that's just no, a friend's I thing no I don't think they have I, uh, I, think, I, that, I think they're alluding really? to that's in the sequel that there's, there's a connection happening here but Why is she spending Christmas with him then? Why is everyone spending Christmas with him? <laughs> <laughs> They're all showing up. Only oh, Thelma. Thelma yeah. didn't get invited. Yeah. And Louise Guzman's mum's there. I yeah. like that. That's such a brilliant payoff. How it's, are you? That's awesome. It's because he's a changed man now. Because like the family that he disowned, like because she's helped him, like because he's. She's into, I thought she, it was a romance not, and I liked no. it. Because... I, I think it's alluding to, like Chris says, I think it's like the first sparks of a romance, oh. but I don't think they're together at that point. Okay. It would have happened in the sequel, which I'm amazed we didn't get because it made <laughs> 150 million this movie did, did off, off, off 73 million, uh, which is pretty good. Um, but there was a TV series last year. Did you watch it, Vicky? No. Did you watch it, Alex? I, I did it even, did it air? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Maybe not here. I don't know. Would you have watched it? You would have watched it, of wouldn't you? Have you love the he loves the phone collector. <laughs> yeah, well, he collects bones. I need to see the need to see the trailer. There's a murderer on the street. He's stalking these and he collects bones. The bone collector back in action. <laughs> Are you a bone collector completist? <laughs> I'm just looking for any opportunity. More material. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm done. Great. Should we do that? Should we do the questions? <laughs> I'm enjoying that um, uh, Vicky what's your favourite scene my favourite scene is when Leyland Orser as Richard is just shouting zucchini <laughs> 50 times because I was pissing myself like he's come to kill you what kind of vegetable do you want to be mm. don't say that carrot no zucchini <laughs> Zucchini, <laughs> zucchini, and it was. I've laughed my arse off. Come on, it's it's good. Give me something. Give me zucchini. You can laugh, mate. It's, it's not, a funny word on its own. It's so even scary. without the setup. It's so unintentionally funny because I, yeah. I've written down when Denzel keeps saying "saw off the hands." Yeah, I'm laughing at that. Uh, or, or as I say, when he said, "I've read thousands." Mm. <laughs> well, I'm going to take this section seriously and go. It's the cab scene. I genuinely think the biggest horror element of this is where the couple are in the cab and she wakes up first and realises that the driver is taking them to the middle of nowhere because that is a real fear. That is something that you can relate to yeah. and, you know, it's unlikely any of us are going to be tied up in front of a big steam pipe to have our skin burned off. Sure. That's unusual. But actually sort of like being unable to get out of a cab. I mean, the movie, the movie fluffs it as well because it's all very well having them in the cab. But at some point, it jumps from them in the back of the cab to him being buried mm. under the thing. You're like... But he's a big guy. There's mm. two of them. Yeah. There's no explanation how uh, Richard slash Marcus, mm. like who's a quite a slight man, managed yeah. to overpower them and and bury someone in and rocks. bury someone. Yeah. So it fluffs it. But that moment where she wakes up and then shakes her husband awake and they can't get out. And not to victim blame, mm. but I did wonder they don't try and kick out the back windscreen, and that annoyed me because I was like, kick out the back windscreen. 
But he does, I was, because I would have said the same thing, but he does hammer pretty hard on the glass side window. And that scene goes yeah. on long enough. I didn't need, I sure. didn't need another minute in that car. Yeah. Uh, so it's either that or E17. Steam. Steam. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky. Yeah. What, uh, who's your MVW? Uh, Denzel Washington. Just because he, he always will be, no matter what he's in, I think. Um, oh, even though I thought he was a bit of a baddie. Um, and, it, and then, but when he's charming. It's interesting that she's picking Denzel Washington after calling him a sex pervert who <laughs> wanted to have a crafty wank with a dead woman's hands. <laughs> no, with his one finger, I thought. Oh, no, but he hasn't got that any was, sensation. No, that's not good. That was it? the actor. That wasn't Denzel Washington <laughs> who wanted to do that. <laughs> I just think I love Angelina Jolie, obviously, but I, I agree with you. I don't think she's awesome in this. I don't think she gets her character is just too it's a mess all over the place. This is what I mean. It's the she's script. meant to be emotionally distant. I hate that scene where Lincoln's like, "I see the potential in you," and she starts crying like, like like no one's ever been nice to her. That thing with her dad is left hanging. Like I want to give it to her, but I can't. So it has to be Denzel. Alex, yeah, it's Denzel Washington. <laughs> I mean, you know, he adds a bit of class to the proceedings mm. uh, always. And or the Falcon, actually, or the Hawk, whatever it was. Peregrine Falcon. Peregrine yeah. Falcon. Mm. Yes, good Falcon. Yeah. Why? What have you got? Chris? I've got nothing. I've written. Well, down, have the Falcon. I've written down Michael Rooker, and I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I know, know why I've done That's that. That's an interesting. Decision. I'll have the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think Denzel Washington might be the greatest actor of his generation. Sure. And yet, uh, this character is so poorly written, and he has such terrible lines to say. I mean, he's still good, but yeah, exactly. It's not a great Denzel Washington performance. So. Uh, um, Louis Guzman, actually. Yeah, Louis yeah. Guzman. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty good. Or his yeah. mum. Uh, if you could change anything, Alex, what would you change? Uh, I do think the way it's shot, as I said at the start, the way it's shot, the cast, there is the potential for this to be a good movie. But as you've just said, with the some of the dialogue and how utterly preposterous it is, how the way the characters develop, the fact that we're introduced to Angelina Jolie having this maternal instinct and be having a photographic memory in the third act, having not built up to that whatsoever. I just think the script is an absolute dog of a script and <laughs> just ruins what could have been never seven, but at least a seven light movie. Four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I do think, I do think, you know, I, 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 again, to go back to the script, why change a really, really great premise in the book of a doctor whose family was killed, it was Lincoln Rhymes' fault, and he's exacting these, this yep. revenge and has worked his way uh, into Lincoln's life as his doctor. It's, Makes sense. It's a really good idea, and it would get rid of that fucking awful info dump at the end. Vicky. So this changes everything. Um, I'm leaving. No. <laughs> the, the real baddie Arrogant. is not... <laughs> change that much. <laughs> That's fair. Carry on as usual, really. <laughs> okay, so listen. <laughs> listen, because it's good. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, 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 no. Carry on. What? He held back. He snorted. Sometimes you've got to. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to. You've got to for the back. pub. Yeah. Go on, Vicky. <laughs> Listen. Come at us with this. No, you really built this up, yeah. by the way. And also, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, I'll text you. It also kind of proves my point because this is really good. So the real baddie is not... <laughs> he just takes it Oh, you're me. funny. Yeah. It's not Leyland Orsa. It's Lincoln Rhyme, right? So he's been manipulating everybody in much the same way as Daryl in Copycat, like using bodies on the street to do his bidding because he wants one last wheeze so that then they'll burst in and kill him. And he's added spice to that as he gets Amelia involved and he's the only person that's ever really connected with her and made her cry or something. And so she's the one that has to kill him and that ru like ruins the rest of her life or whatever. But it's all an elaborate seven-type construct where he's having just one last 
fun puzzle to fuck with everyone and get himself killed. Mm. There you go. You haven't read the book, have you? No, it's, like I said, it's completely different. And right. Jeffrey Diva, if you're listening, maybe it's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't be for him because they went on to have a series of Lincoln yes, Rhyme that, novels. What would happen to the other? <laughs> I'm counting about 12 Lincoln Rhyme novels here. And also, here. Don't Lincoln Rhyme. That's money in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's better to burn brightly. And don't call him Lincoln Rhyme because I get singing in my head, Lincoln Rhyme does a crime all the way through it like a child. <laughs> Is that his fault? Is that is that on Lincoln him? Lincoln Ryan does a crime. Lincoln Ryan solves a crime. Lincoln Ryan loves crime. Blah blah blah. No, You're okay. <laughs> is that run? Are you on your own in the house when this is happening? Or... I'm never on my own. Lincoln Ryan. <laughs> cool. Any more? Any more? Um, I gave my change away, really. I'm really annoyed that they cast four different actors to play the masked man with different eyes and different body types. I feel like it's a massive cheat, and I don't think filmmakers should do that to the audience. That should always be Leland Orser playing the killer in every scene. Mm. I just don't know why you would do it, other than to piss people off. I did say this on Monday. I think we needed to spend more time with the victims and we needed to have a little less showboating from the killer. You mentioned it where he's wearing the mask and we sort of spend a lot of time with him wandering around them, sort of like... like he's wearing the mask, fun. though. He's wearing the mask because he's not sure if, if Lincoln will get to them in time. Mm, that's true. But I just I just feel it, it dilutes his menace when he's sort of like just strolling around them, playing with knives and stuff. I'm, I don't... And I think we do need to spend more time with the victims because, again... In all of this, the minute, and it doesn't take long, that you sort of go empathise or mm. see some of yourself in that victim, like the taxi victims at the start, yeah. you can put yourself in that situation. And I think a little more of that makes them less like just sort of like tools in the plot and more like real people who are suffering at the hands of this killer, which makes the whole thing more horrific. But then, because Seven didn't do that and Seven was a massive smash, but again, it's because we're, it's really macabre to say it, but you're hooked by the gimmick. Whereas he is copying murders in a book you've never heard of yep. and you don't see until the last 20 minutes. So you don't get that sort of dark part of your brain to go, oh, I wonder what's going to look like when he does this. Because mm. seven, you don't spend hardly any time with anyone. Yeah. Uh, right, then these are my choices. It is time for other verdict questions. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Right, then, um, I'll pick who goes first. Uh, Victoria. Right, so neither of these films are Seven or Silence of the Lambs, which is a big shame. Mm. Uh, but I think Bond Collector has got the, obviously it's got the greatest star power, arguably, just at the time. Obviously mm. Sigourney Weaver is a queen, but the Denzel and Angelina looking at it now is like, that's big hitting. But, and, but I do like the relationship between Holly Hunter and Sigourney Weaver in Copycats. It's quite an unusual thing for two women, you know, they're not nice to each other. They wind each other up with the Reuben thing. And I think MJ only saves Helen because it's her job, not because she particularly likes her because she wants to. I don't think in either of them the victims are well done. We've talked about that, but I just think that's the times that we were in. Um, but the bone collector, where it stretched credulity too far for me, was constantly sending a rookie, and not only that, a rookie that didn't want to be there, into a very super important sensitive crime scene. And I honestly thought it was because Lincoln Rhyme got off on it. And then when he didn't, I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> um, back to the wanking. <laughs> I'm so, but why else? Why else do it? Why? Literally, why else? So what you wanted was... <clears throat> no, what I wanted, just Lincoln what I thought. Rhyme and sometimes those are different. to be a wanking serial killer. And that would have been the movie you wanted. Yeah, it seems that it's way, yeah. Like, it's Pygmalion. 
It's not Pygmalion, though, because people's lives are at risk. Like, if you don't catch this killer, more people will die. Stop sending a rookie in there who doesn't want to be there. Mm. It's not even like she inveigles her way and she's like, I've got this. And then she has to learn her lesson. She's like, I really don't want to do it. And he's he like, keep, chop off the hands. He keeps sending her underground. It's Digmalion. <laughs> <laughs> Dickmalion. <laughs> anyway, uh, copycat. <laughs> copycat. Yeah. All right, then. Um, uh, Chris, I mean, it, I, I'll, I'll happily go. Sure. sure. I mean, it doesn't really matter this week, I don't think. But do you want to go? No, you go. All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> don't be angry about it. I'm not two. angry. You always seem really angry. No, it's not that. It's you know, it's we're just trying to figure out what will make it more tense. Trying to figure out what each one's picked. Trying, oh, okay. trying to create some jeopardy. Yeah, here. we're both. But, they were oh, looking yeah. at each other, trying to figure it out. But I don't think there is any jeopardy no, to okay. be had this week. So I'll, I'll just go. Uh, both of these are very bad films. I feel <laughs> really shit for picking them. I thought it was going to be a lot more fun. They're awful. But one is bad and boring, and one is just bad. <laughs> so I'm going for the one that is just bad, which is copycat, and right. not the one. One that is bad and boring, which is the Bone Collector. Great. So copycat, Chris. Okay. Uh, copycat's too nasty. Bone Collector is too stupid. <laughs> uh, we've now got TV procedurals that are similar and more entertaining and much more sophisticated than both these films. Um, so I'm finding it really tough as well. But it doesn't matter because you've both picked Copycat. Uh, when I rewatch Copycat and I clock the killer in the lecture theatre at the beginning and the police station a few scenes later, and because I love shit like that rather than film that's actively lying to us, that's the only reason I'm going for Copycat. Oh, and also because it's better. Yeah. Great. Three for three. Copycat is cool. the winner. <laughs> I find that a bit Maybe we should have done the bone collector and kiss the girls. No, because the kiss the They're girls is good. They're indistinguishable. Oh, like... I'll tell you what, Copycat and kiss the girls would have been better. Don't talk about what we should have done different. I honestly thought this was a great pairing. I liked it. Did you? I yeah, I didn't like it. Not, <laughs> as <much> as, <laughs> yeah, not as much as I thought I was going to no, do. No, I mean, right. So, on, yeah. so I went into it like, yeah. Don't be, exactly. Let's not be negative on air. I'm not we put people through this. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I, just want, just, I just want to hear you say that again. Because basically, on paper, we both thought this yeah. sounded great on paper. And it's only after <sighs> hindsight's 2020. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020. Hindsight. Mm. <laughs> Did you just slam down your pen? <laughs> I've said so many times. Anyway, come on, let's talk about next week. Oh, why? Because your choice is yes. not really good. Yeah, all right. Uh, fine. Uh, Chris is cleaning up this mess I've created. What was your clue on Monday that was awful? <laughs> what was it? It was... Junior. 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 Junior Noir. Junior. That's really good. It's good. Go on then. Where are we? What are we doing? We're doing film noirs for kids. Mm. So one of you has Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Vicky, and Alex, you've got Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu? <laughs> Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I hope that's a line in the movie. I've never seen it. Uh, Pikachu's on Amazon, isn't it? And Roger don't Rabbit's on it. Disney. Just no. Don't in it. You know it's on Amazon, right? We finished. All I've right. done my bit. <laughs> Uh, all right, then. Uh, that is your homework for the weekend. Detective Pikachu versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the pairing for next week. Uh, they will be a lot more fun than what we put you through this week. Apologies. If you haven't already, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod. If you are... Nope. The live show's already been. Forget that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Back on Monday, talking Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.